Hello, this is the reading of chapter 17, which was broadcast on Sunday the 28th of June. But unfortunately, we understand that the uh, it's no longer there. It's disappeared. So we are repeating it because some people maybe have only heard part of it before it disappeared. There are many conventional Tomyors who mistake plain robes for humility, Rinpoche concluded in remote, spacious tones, but they simply do not understand anything. The world is full of Tomyors. Chapter 17. You think about your mother. You remember, Rinpoche began, that I said Shabkar was a Tomyor? Yes, Rinpoche. Do you remember why? Because he threw stones at owls when they disturbed his meditation. Oh, yeah. But there is another reason why he is a Tomyor. Now, perhaps, as you are no longer Tomyor, maybe you know the second reason? This time I was right there and raring to go. Because the owl didn't disturb his meditation, Rinpoche, Shabkar disturbed his own meditation by relating to the owl as if the owl was a disturbance. He could have treated the sound of the owl like any other arising thought. Rinpoche smiled at me, and it was a whole-hearted smile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 this is very good. But you are strange. How is it that this you know so easily and other questions are so difficult? You are strange, but then you are an Inji. Maybe you have only pretended to be a Tomyor because you like to make Kunzangdorje angry. Rinpoche chuckled with a mock look of severity. So why is this easy for you to answer? Well, Rinpoche, it concerns meditation and that's far easier for me to understand than human motivation. Oh yeah, good answer, Rinpoche almost shouted. But what is the reason for this? Maybe, Rinpoche, it's because I went to art school and because I've thought a lot about perception in terms of seeing colour and painting what I see and in terms of how I see the world, or rather, how I see the world through the filter of what I've been taught by society. I've always wanted to know what was indoctrination and what was real. Then I realised that I never really see the world. I only see according to societal programming. I see this thing as beautiful and that thing as ugly because I've been educated to see things that way. Then at art school people get the opposite indoctrination and they purposely choose subjects that society sees as ugly. This is good in many ways but it just becomes another form of indoctrination. 
So having questioned in this way for years, it's not hard for me to work out that we create our own emotions in reaction to how we understand our world. Oh yeah, this is good. So you have some example? Yes, my father thought blues was not music because he didn't like it. He called it a depraved row. Then he thought I was lying when I said I liked the music he liked. He thought it was impossible to like both blues and classical music because blues was not music. So I could see from that that he was trapped by his own concepts of music. If he believed that blues was not music, and I thought blues was music, then I had to be lying about my enjoyment of classical music. I saw that he was trapped by his own system of logic. He was trapped by his logic because it was based on a false premise. Yatsen, but you say you went to a school for Tom yours. No, Rimshe, I'm sorry, Please excuse me for contradicting you. I mean no respect, but you said I went to a school for idiots. And I just agreed because I couldn't think of a way of explaining the British school system and, and the social structure. That would have been extremely complex and tedious. Rimshay looked at me with a faint grin. Oh, yeah. And there is more coming. Rimshay seemed thoroughly absorbed by what I was saying, as if the parrot on the perch had started speaking rationally rather than mimicking the speech of human beings. There can be, Rimshay. He nodded with an unmistakably unwithheld smile, and so I continued. I took charge of any serious schooling myself from the age of 12. I just read a lot, European literature and studied art and music as best I could, on my own. I did have some extremely intelligent friends who helped me, but I've always driven my own education. My mother was a great help to me in this because she always encouraged my reading. Oh yeah, your mother. This is very good. It is good that you remember your mother. I mentioned Shabkar, you know, but beside the story of his throwing stones at an owl, there is another reason why he is a Tomyor. I will tell a story of Paltrel that will show this. Paltrel was sitting one day with his disciple Nyoshul. They were sitting in silence, as they were wont to do on occasion, when Paltrel questioned Nyoshul rather abruptly. Hey, Nyoshul, how often do you think about your mother? Nyoshul looked a little perplexed, but answered, Well, not really that often. I do try to keep my mind on my practice, mostly. Paltrel frowned, but said nothing further. A while later, Poutrell announced, equally abruptly, But your mother's been thinking a lot about you all the time? Nyoshul replied, Yes, Rimshay, I think that's quite likely. Do you remember her in your practice? 
Yoshul wondered where this line of questioning was leading. Sometimes, he replied, but in general I try to contemplate the suffering of all sentient beings. Paltrell was looking out of the window at this point in a disinterested manner. Yeah, 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 and so you say. Paltrell sighed, but had nothing further to add. It seemed as if it were time for Nyoshal to take his leave. He offered his respects and back toward the door, but Paltrell ignored him. The next day some butter arrived for Nyoshal, a present from his mother. He went immediately to see Paltrell and offered it to him. It was a very fresh, fine and flavoursome consignment of butter, which the dear old lady had lovingly churned herself. To Nyoshul's perplexity, his teacher appeared displeased with the butter and pushed it away as if it offended him. He watched his disciple for a moment and then exploded. You miserable little sod, Nyoshul. Where are you? What are you thinking of? Is this any way to treat your mother? Get out of here. I don't want to see your simpering little face for a week you despicable little crawler. Spend the time contemplating nothing other than your mother's kindness, or don't bother to call on me again, do you hear? Nyoshul was petrified by this chastisement and scuttled off into retreat for a week. After the week was up, Nyoshul went to see Paltrow in a state of amazement. He'd thought about the kindness of his mother continuously, it had moved him to such a degree that he finally understood something of the core of what it means to wish for the liberation of everyone. As he spoke to Paltrell of what had happened to him in his contemplation, tears flooded down his face. He begged leave to visit his mother one last time before she died. But Paltrell said, No, you must not go just yet. There's still more for you to practice. Nyoshul looked stricken at the thought, but what if she dies before I see her again? Paltrell looked at him and smiled. There are pilgrims coming to see us in a day or two. We need to see them first, but you will not be long delayed. Nyoshul returned to his meditation. He felt emotionally burnt to a cinder by a fire in his heart that kept becoming more expansive. By the time Paltrell summoned him, his experience of compassion had evolved to a pitch that was physically almost unendurable. Paltrell obviously understood exactly what was happening to Nyoshul, but he had nothing much to say. He smiled and advised him to relax a little. The two lamas received the pilgrims and Paltrell surprised Nyoshul by accepting all their offerings. Paltrell usually declined all offerings. When the pilgrims had left, Paltrell said, Now go see your mother. You were right, she doesn't have long, but long enough for you to spend time with her. Take these offerings to her as a present. That'll make her happy. Stay with her when she dies and practice the passage of the bardos with her. Once it's all over, you can return here, because I have something to tell you. Nyoshul followed his teacher's instruction. His mother was delighted to see him after many years and said nothing in the way of an admonition for his neglect of her. 
she was deeply moved by the presents he brought her, and the effect this had on Yoshul simply propelled him further into a rising tide of meditational experience that had begun with his contemplation of his mother's kindness. It seemed that there was no end to the energy that was manifesting. After some months his mother died. He remained to perform all the necessary rites and bardo meditations. He became aware that his mother was a great practitioner herself. She needed little assistance from him in the dissolution of the elements. Once the period of meditations was concluded, Nyoshul returned to Paltrow for the last time. Arriving back in Tsar Chukar, he presented himself to Paltrow, who addressed him in a very kind and loving manner. It's now time for you to go into a long retreat, and when you come out, I shall also be gone. Always remember your mother's kindness, Nyoshul, and remember how you received this transmission. During the next days, Paltrow gave Nyoshul much advice before he finally went on his way to the meditation cave determined for him. As he was leaving, Paltrow called out to him a few parting words. Remember your mother, Nyoshul. Your mother was your real teacher. By the end of this story, I was experiencing waves of hot emotion. My eyes were on the brink of tears. It was one of those moments when you know that you can only avoid crying if you can manage not to speak. I knew, however, that Rinpoche was going to say, so, or words to that effect, and I'd have to say something. But this time, he said nothing. It wasn't one of those terribly uncomfortable interregna either. Nothing happened. The story simply stopped. Rinpoche poured out two beers in a way that gave me space to sit with what I was feeling. When he had finished his immaculate pouring of the beers, he said, My mother was very kind also. He pushed a glass of beer in my direction and continued, Maybe you should write more often. I nodded. Yes, I should write more often, especially from the East. It was not that I didn't write, but something suddenly struck me forcefully about the way time disappears. The sense of impermanence and the preciousness of relationship seemed to overwhelm me. I was struck by the fact that every moment with another human being can be one of immense value and appreciative sincerity. I realised that there is no answer to being torn in half, of wishing to be in two places at the same time. That was the glorious pain of being real. I determined to see more of my mother and also to try to be more vital in my teacher's presence. So, Rinpoche said at length, what is wrong with contemplating the suffering of all sentient beings? Why is Paltrow not pleased with Nyoshul's reply? This, for once, seemed an easy question. Nothing is wrong with it, Rinpoche, I replied. I feel it's more a matter of what was wrong with Nyoshul's practice. Maybe Paltrow noticed that the thought of his mother didn't move Nyoshul in any way. 
Maybe his practice of kindness toward all sentient beings was too abstract, too divorced from the flesh and blood of real people. Maybe all sentient beings was just a concept for him. Rinpoche nodded in his usual way whilst I was speaking, and so I continued to unravel the series of ideas that had come up for me. The thing I don't understand is why Poutrell told Nyoshal not to go to see his mother as soon as he felt the wish to go. I mean, strike while the iron's hot and all that. Rinpoche fixed me with a stare at that point and said, It's not good to be pulled this way and that by every emotion that comes and goes. Now I was confused. What could that mean? But... I thought that Poutrell was displeased by Nyoshal's neglect of his mother. Rinpoche grinned wolfishly at my response. Maybe you think Kunzangdorje doesn't like mothers? No, I ventured, protracting the word as long as was seemly. I don't think that. I think that this, this is something about me, about my ambivalence. It's my being in two minds about enjoying being here whilst feeling that I should be seeing more of my mother, especially now that my father's dead. Rinpoche laughed. So what of Poutrell and Nyoshal? What are they doing? Rinpoche had hardly finished speaking when I blurted out, Yes, that's it. I know it. I almost squeaked. Nyoshal is experiencing swings in his devotion. First it is to Poutrell, he offers him the gift he received from his mother. Then his devotion swings to his mother and he forgets about his situation with his teacher. So Poutrell simply makes him hold back from following his immediate impulses. Then, in the time it takes for the pilgrims to come and bring their offerings, He's entered a frame of mind in which he tastes the full measure of his situation. That's why Poutrell simply tells him to relax. Poutrell has nothing else to say because Nyoshal needs space to experience these things for himself. Rinpoche smiled and indicated the beer. There was a certain expression on his face when he pointed to the beer. I knew in that moment that Rinpoche's attention to the beer had the same quality as Poutrell's advice for Nyoshal. He was giving me time to relax. This was another uncanny performance from my teacher, another example of how he orchestrated our conversations so that parts of the stories he told echoed aspects of what went on in discussing them. These recognitions were devastating in their simplicity. Later that afternoon, Rinpoche remarked, Yeah, that's the other reason why Shabkar was a Tomyur. He failed to visit his mother before she died, even though she wrote to him many times asking him to come. But, I ventured, in his Namtar it's recounted that he regretted that bitterly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regret, 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 Rinpoche snorted. Eh, Hong, what is there in regret that you should feel pride? 
followed by an expulsion of breath impossible to transcribe, accompanied by a dismissive wave of his hand that indicated he was not impressed by regret. Regret is what Tom yours feel when they experience the results of their actions. Eh, hey, Hong! The Tom Yor ignores his mother's letters until too late, and then the Tom Yor grieves his stupidity. Eh, hey, Hong! The pathetic Tom Yor! Rinpoche sighed with disgust. There is no awareness in Shabkar's regret. If there was awareness, then the Tom Yor, Shabkar, would have known the grief he would feel and not acted as if his mother did not matter to him. I can see that, Rinpoche, and I think I can say that I am not an idiot in that way. I've rarely had to regret anything in my life. You don't regret coming to study with Kunzang Dorje? Rinpoche asked, but I knew he was not asking this as a serious question. No, Rinpoche, I have never regretted coming to study with you. I believe you know that. Rinpoche slapped his thighs, laughing at this. Oh, yeah, now you have clarity. If you were Kunzang Dorje, you would have shouted at me for this question. You would have called me a Tomyor. That is too funny. So anyway, Shabkar behaves with his mother as Tomyors behave. They stumble through their lives, not knowing what is happening or why. They waste their own time and they waste the time of others. You have seen people like this? Plenty, Rinpoche. People who never make decisions and have no sense of what they want to do with their lives. People who try to get contradictory things and don't understand why their lives are a mess. People who ruin their own situation by acting without regard for the feelings of others and then act as if their misery was not their own fault. Yeah, eh, Hong, these are Tomyor. But, Rinpoche, I do feel sorry for them nonetheless. Yeah, good. But do not waste too much time on them. Tomyors will eat your time until they are fat with it. He looked me squarely in the eyes and decreed forcefully, but kindly. Do not make anything in your life a matter of regret. Regret means you have acted without awareness. Keep your awareness and you will never have to regret anything. Keep your awareness and you will not become Tomyor again. If you doubt your awareness, then simply be kind. Be like your mother. Years later, this story and our exchanges on the subject of our mothers remains with me. It strikes a chord when I come across those who have compassion for all sentient beings, but have kindness toward none. It often seems that the more people talk about compassion and the more emphasis they place upon it, the less natural kindness they have. That seems to have been the heart of the matter with Nyoshu. It seems for me, as for Nyoshu, that my mother was also my teacher in many ways. Whenever I think of my mother, the same raw emotion comes up, as it did when I was with Rinpoche. 
I remember his face when he spoke of his own mother, and the sense of transmission becomes a seamless flow between us all. My mother was a much-loved woman in her community. Her neighbours have no hesitation in telling me what a wonderful mother I had. The major hope of my life is that I might be remembered as having even half the kindness, generosity and thoughtfulness which characterised my mother.